the point is that you want to say something like, that's okay. What is meaningful to you? What would be important to you? How could you move the needle? So it's putting it back in their hands, letting them know that every gift is welcome, even if it's a dollar. I mean, literally I have, I had a solicitation the other day where we asked for, I think it was like, I don't know, something like $30,000. And she said she could do 300. And we said, look, that's wonderful. Every single dollar counts. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Perfect response. And that's the same response for every single donation. Every dollar does matter. Inform, inspire, and evolve. Welcome to Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. Join host Lindsay Simons in a friendly conversation about contributing to good as we bring together community, positivity, and energy to the business of generosity. Welcome your host, Lindsay Simons. Hi, all. This is Lindsay Simons, your host of Creating Community for Good podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode is an edited version of another podcast where I was the guest. It's from We Are For Good podcast with my new dear friends, Becky Endicott and Jonathan McCoy. I also want to give a big shout out to Julie Confer, who is the one behind the scenes, prepping, editing, preparing, making magic happen, etc. This team of three rocks and I'm really excited about what they've been doing and what they are doing. And hopefully we'll have more partnerships in the new year that you can look forward to. That said, when they aired the episode that I called The Fundamental Fives of Fundraising, it received so much positive feedback that I was really blown away. And it dawned on me that I should really be sharing this with my wonderful community of the Creating Community for Good family. So thank you for listening. And I hope this is really fun and valuable for you. This episode, you're going to hear my friends, John and Becky, ask me about where I'm from, where my passion comes from, and how it all got started. So anywhere from my fundraising by uh, going door to door to raise money by raking leaves and babysitting in order to support the World Wildlife Foundation when I was a kid, up into my career with CCS, traveling all over the world, raising a billion dollars with teams on capital campaigns, up until 2017 when I started my own company, Lindsay Simons Consulting. So after that little intro and getting to know me, I get right into the tactics and very prescriptive language around how to make a solicitation. This is for fundraising, any nonprofits, whether you're an executive director, board member, volunteer, or just a fundraiser in and of itself, then listen in and check out if you are doing all the things that I'm recommending. Anywhere from how you show up, to making the ask itself, to closing the meeting, and of course, what to bring all along the way. I also share some of the best ways to handle any one of the four post-solicitation responses, which could be yes, no, not that much, or not now. A highlight from the feedback I got was that people appreciate that I gave word-for-word examples of how to phrase questions and answers. So tune in and bring a notepad. You might want to write some of this down. And if not, it's all in the show notes anyway. So no need. If you want an abbreviated version of these steps, then definitely go to my website, www.lindsaysimonsconsulting.com, where I have a tab dedicated to exactly this. It's a seven-minute video isolated to just the ask and the responses. And I've got notes in there that are itemizing each of those steps. So it should make it pretty easy for you to follow. My hope is that these fundamentals are good refreshers for those who are pros and then really good orientation for those who are new to fundraising. 
Finally, over the last year of podcasting, I've heard many of you reach out and ask for more details and more training. I'm so grateful to get that feedback. And it really does delight me to hear that I've been serving something that's been useful. So I'm going to start preparing for trainings in the new year. And if you want to be included in trainings and newsletters, then definitely just reach out to me either on LinkedIn or send me an email at info at lindsaysimonsconsulting.com. And I'll be sure to reach out to you there. Again, it's info at lindsaysimonsconsulting.com. Okay, without further ado, I'm going to play the podcast and you're going to hear John and Becky welcome me onto their show and follow along what they've done as they interview me. How fun. All right. Have a great day. Take care. Thank you. We've got Lindsay Simons with us with Lindsay Simons Consulting. Say hey, Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Happy Yay. to be here. Yay. So glad, We're so you're, glad on. you're here. So, Lindsay is really an expert. I'm so glad she said yes to us today. She's going to teach us how to learn how to get the yes and asking major gifts. But Lindsay's had an amazing career. And I'm so looking forward to diving into her story. She does own her own consulting firm now, but she was a vice president at CCS. And if you haven't heard of it, it is the leading global fundraising consulting firm. So it's huge. It's worldwide. And just, I'm sure, an incredible place to learn all of the things development. She just has a passion for this space. She has her own podcast, and we're going to talk a lot about that today as well. But her heart and soul is with the nonprofit sector. And so there's so much to take away from today. But Lindsay, I'd love to kick it to you just to kind of tell us a little bit about your story and what led you here today. Oh, John, thank you for that intro. That was really heartwarming. I was like, that sounds like a nice Aww. person. <laughs> he is you know, the I'm nicest so bad. Human ever. I'm bad at, at, at doing bullets. And I see you have got such an accomplished career, but I also just think you're just a kind hearted person. And yeah. we're going to talk about your accomplishments as we go. So there you go. <laughs> That's really generous of you. Thank you so yeah. much. I assure you that I have plenty of downfalls as well, but <laughs> I am passionate about my work and I do enter it with the intention of being a change maker for good. And, you know, I sometimes am not successful and sometimes I am, but I do try to hold the mentality of like not so much outcomes, but more so intentionality. So that's something that I've really been focusing on during COVID, thanks to Deepak Chopra, who talked about that. Thanks, Deepak. Yes, thanks Deepak. He's keeping us mindful so, and centered. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mindfulness for sure. And like, think about your intentions more so than the outcomes. But you asked me to share more about my background. So I wanted to start with the very first meaningful gift that I ever made. And that was when I was eight years old and it was $48.50 and it was to the World Wildlife Foundation. And it was really oh, meaningful to me that. because I just loved animals and being part of contributing to the greater good. And so I went door to door around my neighborhood and asked if I could mow their lawn, pick up leaves, do their chores so I could collect you know, as many dollars as I could and then donate it. And then in return, I was able to, as an eight-year-old's perspective, like I was really going to save the world and the animals with $48. And I would also receive a binder. I don't know if anybody remembers that back in the, I guess it would like have been the 80s, early 90s, where they had the say three-ring clip keeper? binder. Oh my and gosh, every month with my donation, I received a new animal image where I had facts and images of them. And I could learn all about animals around the world. So that was... I feel oh like you my just opened up. I, I do remember that. I do remember that, but I've forgotten. You do? My six-year-old is getting that for Christmas. That would blow her <laughs> mind. So Man, fun. I mean, I think it's the best. Even yes. today, I'm like, maybe I should 
get into that again. It's a great thing for COVID. But $48 and adjusted for gonna... slight inflation is really <laughs> impressive, you know, for an eight-year-old. I was just thinking if an eight-year-old came to my door and said, oh I am trying to fundraise to save like animals and wildlife, <laughs> I, I would run into my backyard and throw my bagged leaves out back on the lawn so I could give them, you know, $20 to rake them back up. It's like, I am here for that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You're making me cry. I know. It was sweet. It was precious. But, you know, I really give the credit to my family. They had an ethos of like, we just, we care about the community and we care about those that, you know, need our help. And so, yeah, anything from like neighborhood cleanups to just any kind of community service. We did that. And my parents expected that my sister and I would do that starting at, you know, young age and into our adult lives. And we still, you know, contribute in our own ways today. So when I was getting into my career and I was considering what I wanted to do, I really wanted to make sure I was both learning uh, professional acumen. That was very important to me for various reasons. And then also making sure I was having an impact on society in some sort of ways. So um, international studies major at University of Denver growing up in Colorado, I thought maybe I would do some sort of like foreign affairs or ambassadorship. And for whatever reason, it just didn't spark my fire. And so I ended up in a more creative industry of marketing communications. And then I learned about CCS and was hooked instantly. It was also right around the crash of the economy. I had my first interview before the economy crashed in 2008. And then that was my last interview. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it took a while for them to say yes. We want to hire you, but the world actually just collapsed. So yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting time to start in fundraising. And I bring it up because we're now at a time where I can look back on those lessons that I gained during the world recession to what's happening during the pandemic, political, social uprisings that we're seeing in, in conflict. The number one takeaway is just keep going. If you're a fundraiser, um, do not stop. You may slow down or pivot, but, but don't stop. So I did join CCS and I was moved all over the country and eventually landed here in San Francisco to work at the UCSF Medical Center Capital Campaign, which was a very big campaign. I had no idea how instrumental that would be in my learnings and in my career trajectory. So after about five years there and then other organizations that I supported that were national and local, it had been a total of about eight and I left CCS with the blessings and well wishes of my mentor and boss that I want to shout out to is Rick Happy. He was oh an gosh. incredible mm -hmm. and is an incredible leader and partner at CCS and has been, you know, just a real change maker in terms of my trajectory and my impact on the world and through my career. Um, so yeah, I started my own firm and I take the lessons learned, the truisms, the rigor, the experience, and I bring it to different types of clients. So instead of just doing capital campaigns, I do a lot of leadership coaching, board training, strategic planning, definitely capital campaign management. That's for sure my backbone. And I just love it. I love sharing the, the insights. I love empowering people. I especially love empowering leadership that are volunteers. I think that's a lot of fun to work with board members and committee members. And yeah, that's kind of my story. And then I've got awesome clients now. And I've got this podcast that I launched a number of months ago called Creating Community for Good podcast. It's truly a passion of mine. It's really similar to what you guys do and really just trying to spark conversation, shed light on innovation and ideas and, and wonderful people who are putting their best forward and making a difference. 
I love listening to people's stories know, about how they get into the business. And I love just the raw honesty of saying you're coming in like when the economy collapses, which I'm <laughs> clearly older than you, but I came in the fall right after 9-11 trying to get into oh, the workforce. Wow. And it was not quite as bad, but it was still something. And I really, just, oh my gosh, I just think everybody has stories from that time yeah. in our career. I mean, John and I were at a university then and we were like less than 30 days out from launching a billion dollar campaign. And we just oh, flat out delayed it for quite some time. So yeah, it's just, it's just so interesting to hear those stories. Well, Lindsay, you're dropping already so much wisdom. I wonder if we could dive into some fundamentals of fundraising. And this is something that, you know, I think everybody is looking for just what are some of the keys? What are the key takeaways? What are the things you should be mindful of? All the words that you're saying about mindsets and rigor. I love your vocabulary that you use around this because it's so good and it's so true. So I wonder if you could kind of walk us through those things. This is fun. Thank you for this opportunity to go through it. I have five elements that I think are the most important in terms of a master mindset around fundraising. Love it. Number one is most critically how you show up. So it is flexing that muscle of mindfulness and thinking about how you are greeting the conversation because you are the leader in the conversation. You have asked, I'm assuming you are the fundraiser in this case. So whether you're a volunteer or staff, you have asked for the meeting, you have a proposal to present, and you are therefore in charge of leading the energy, the tone, the pace, and the feeling. So you need to take the moment to yourself and get your head right. So whether that is, you know, striking a power pose that I love of Amy Cuddy, who's a, you know, awesome yep. TED talker. She talks a lot about the benefits of opening your body up to increase your sense of confidence and calm and decrease that anxiety, fear, flight or fight, or lack of energy, lethargy. So it's important to do maybe a power pose offsite um, in the bathroom in whatever, if you're in Zoom land, you know, just move, take the camera off and get your body open and confident. I am a big fan of just moving your body as well. So if you can do some jumping jacks or a little walk, something to make sure your, your body's blood is flowing and your mind is activated. And then you go into the conversation with, you know, a healthy body and mind. And also you want to start right away with like, why are you there? So what is it that you're bringing to the table? This is part of how you're showing up. So why are you there? Think, get convicted on your intentions and your purpose. Then number two is just figuring out what you need to bring. Okay. So this is the stuff that you should not be worrying about ever. It's something that you should just plan and you just know every time you're going to bring the same thing. So every time you're going to bring your case for support, just in case, even if you've gone over it already. And again, if this is virtual, just make sure you've sent it out in advance so that you've got that as your framework, your background, your anything to fall back on. Your prospective donor probably does not need it again because you've probably had a couple of meetings already, but it's just there as that resource and crutch to make you feel confident and capable. And then you want to make sure you have a pledge form. So whether we're in Zoom land and we're sending a link, or if we're in person and you're actually having them sign a document, always have a pledge form on you, regardless of how the meeting's going to go. You just want to have it with you at all times. And then the thing that you might not have every time, but would be more situational is if there is any follow-up information that they've asked for. So if you are having an offline conversation during your 
cultivation meeting, it might have been, I'm really curious about like how your organization falls in line with national statistics. And so then it's your homework as the fundraiser to go back to your resources and come up with whatever additional information is needed so that you're carrying on with your responsibility and what, what was talked about last time for that continuity, trust, and momentum. Okay. I'm now number this. three. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like I want to be able to pause just to like reflect on what you're saying here. Cause I think showing up I think of this in any setting, like your enthusiasm, your passion is going to be palpable, totally. <laughs> whether it's there or not. And it just sets it's the whole tone. Palpable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I love that you start with that because it is like absolutely important. We talk about it all the time when we are, hop on a Zoom. It's like you can tell in the first moments if you're going to have a connection with somebody and it's how you yeah. show up and it's how you engage in the eye contact. So I just, I love that you brought that there. And you could so tell she's stuff. a yogi. I mean, right? cause the mindfulness and <laughs> yes. I mean, that really, I mean, people joke about that. It's very cliche, but there is so much truth in just pausing, creating space to get centered. And I mean, even while you were talking about doing jumping jacks, I mean, I was hearing the Rocky music, like the getting stronger, like I can just, <laughs> we're, we're going to see fundraisers stairs. like in a bathroom, like with their AirPods on, like doing jumping jacks, uh, yeah. listening to music. I actually think it's a really interesting hack. Yeah. Some I like that too. And I always, I often ask people, you know, what's your hype song? So like before you go into a meeting, like what's your routine? Because some people are like, what I just said may be enough if you're a newbie, but if you're actually going through a lot of fundraising meetings, then you might have a whole routine where you like, I get my body right. I get my mind right. I get some music going. I have my speaking points. And, and it's good to just make a routine of what you're bringing to the table so that you have that to rely on. You don't have to worry about like, what's going to happen. It's more so like, I know I'm going to be set. I know I'm going to be ready to handle whatever comes my way. Okay. So number we, we figured out how to show up. Number one, number two, figure out what yeah. to bring. And that to me is like yeah. your hygiene like, pieces of just it. be organized. Like before you leave. And honestly, and I love the pledge it. card because I feel like uh, very rarely is somebody going to fill it out right there. But it's like, if they ask and you don't like, how awkward is that? So right. Awkward. It's like, totally. Oh, I was, didn't think you would want that. You know yes. I mean? What are you saying? Yeah. I love, love it. it. Okay. Number okay. three, we're ready. Okay, cool. So yeah, I like how you said hygiene, but really those two points are to say, control what you control and then, you know, be ready for whatever else comes. That's what you can control. Those are the two things you can control is yourself and what you bring. Then it comes into go time. So you're thinking about the clock. So you get in, you'd want to make a quick check-in on, are we on time? Like what is this person running late? Am I running late? How much time do we have? Do we have a full hour? So I just go right into it and say, I'm so excited that we're talking. I just want to make sure I've got my timing right. Do we still have an hour? Or, you know, do we still have a half hour? Whatever it is, it's such a small thing, but then you can actually manage the conversation and the flow and make sure you're steering it in the right way. And if it's not going the way you want, then you can still pause and say, hey, I'd like to transition. Or I'm like really excited to talk about something else. Like, are you ready for that? So you can use specific call out language that steers you back on track and make sure you get done what you're supposed to get done. What a great And sometimes tip. that means that you just kick it down to another meeting. I, I just, I think about asks that I've been on where I have not done that. So this is a do what Lindsay says, don't do what <laughs> Becky did. Where and it, and it can be very distracting because in your mind, you sort of have the flow. I'm, I'm not somebody that yeah. writes the whole thing out. I just have my points. And Same. if someone is looking at their watch or if they're checking their phone, 
I'm thinking, am I, I'm thinking it's about me. Like, is this, am I droning on? And it's like, you can cut all of that questioning out if you just ask. And it's a very like kind, respectful thing to do for somebody. Yeah. Or, you know, Zoom time, if you hear dog barking, baby crying, you're like, just pause whatever you're doing. Hey, like, is everything okay there? Do you want to pause? Do you want to grab something? You know, do you need to do something? And just being human, right? So staying human, managing the time. So yeah, in terms of managing the time, I just want to round out that third point there is, you know, you want to start with the warm up always, icebreaker, connector, bonder, whatever it is. It's following up on the last conversation. It's checking in on, you know, what's going on. And then it's getting into answering questions, making sure that you have removed any obstacles, that you have gotten them into the mentality of yes, 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 everything is good. I've, I've got all my questions answered. And then it just comes time for the ask. And I wouldn't make the ask until you're about... It's a 60 minute meeting. What I say is the last 15 minutes. So if it's a half an hour, then, you know, you do the math, but like the last quarter of the conversation is when you should do the ask because you don't want to start the ask right off the bat. Then they're not able to concentrate on anything else you're talking about because all they're thinking about is, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. What am I going to say? When do I have to make a decision? Is this going to be over soon? You know, so you want to take all of that, like red alert, that anxiety for the donor, just take that out, get to the bonding, answer the questions, talk about the impact and the mission, reiterate things from the past that were resonating and then go right in. And, you know, it's, it's really just asking for, I'd like to transition. So I'm going into point four, but I'm going to just roll with it and modeling. Thank you so much for everything we've discussed. I, I hope I've answered all your questions. Is there anything else? Or, you know, do you have another question about XYZ? Maybe you know, clear that out. Don't leave too much time. I have seen this go wrong by saying, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Any other questions? No, just ask one time. And then move on and say, I would like to transition into inviting you to join us. So I am also giving to this campaign. If you're a volunteer, you say that. Or the reason I'm a staff here is because I love XYZ. So just one more quick passion and commitment from yourself. And then to say, I'd like to invite you, Becky, to join our campaign. And would you consider a gift today of $25,000? And then that that could be a recurring gift for the next four years of $25,000 again for a total of $125,000. And that would be a leadership gift that would help us to open the school or whatever it is. Yes, I say yes. Then you're silent. <laughs> Becky says yes. Then you're yes. silent. We can't miss that. Oh, yes. Then Becky, you're awesome. silent. This, this <laughs> is the point I wanted to make sure out of this entire conversation, I, and I, I feel like I just interrupted you there, and, I, and I, it was the most important point, which is when you make the ask, you stop talking. And that wow. to me, I went, I went through the uh, Indiana School of Philanthropy major oh, gifts yeah. class awesome. one year. And yes. that was the line that stuck out to me the most. And our um, instructor put the fear of God in all of us. <laughs> I remember leaving that almost a little shaky where the point where she said, I still remember her, she was so fantastic. Her name was Gwen. And she said, when you make the ask, you say nothing else because yeah. so often people are so intimidated, even seasoned fundraisers are intimidated that they will literally talk themselves out of it. Would you consider making <laughs> yes. a gift of 25000 But if that's too high, then that's okay. <laughs> and if you don't want to give anything, we'll just show ourselves out the door. It's like, oh you gosh. haven't even let the the woman answer this question. So yes, yes, please just be quiet. And you see that study floating around recently that it's like these major CEOs all embrace this silence to like process questions. And it's totally acceptable. They may sit there for seven or eight seconds before they answer because 
they're contemplating. Like you got to give space. Mm-hmm. People are different. Be okay with quiet. Moment. Yep. I have a difficult time with that. No one is probably surprised by that, but <laughs> really, I mean, I think we heard this from a major philanthropist that we just interviewed a couple weeks ago. He said the biggest problem with fundraisers is they talk too much. Mm-hmm. And he said, we need to be listening and creating pauses. And I think that's a really great takeaway. Yes. Yeah. And even throughout that conversation, before you get to the ask, your conversation should really be about strategic questions rather than more fact providing. Like you're not necessarily trying to convince anybody anymore. The ask meeting is not to convince anybody. It's actually just to clear the air if there are any points of confusion or any more elements to solidify It's not the time when you're selling the concept. That's earlier. And then once you have buy-in and the prospective donor is like, I love what you do. I want to help you. Then you're like, great, let's talk about what that looks like. And then you go into that ask. So I like that point, Becky, quite a lot. And I think that the most important thing you can do is get your questions down more so than your pitches down. I mean, pitch is important, of course, but you've got to be able to really guide a conversation more so than just talk, 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 which I love to do too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think your point right before the ask too, I thought was super smart that you talk about your own personal commitment. And that makes sense easily when you're working with a volunteer, obviously that's their door opener. But I think for staff, that's huge to say that Mm -hmm. I, I've invested my career here because this is my passion, but I also have invested in this campaign. I mean, that just speaks so much stronger and it makes it less awkward. That's what I always tell people too, is it's less awkward if you're already doing it. So you're just asking them to join you. You're not doing the, asking them to do something that you haven't done yourself. So I love that. I love that advice. And with that ask, it's, so it's just what you said, you know, it's stating why you're bought in, but then making the invitation and following it with why all in one sentence. So maybe wow. you is like your own sentence. And then the second one is, would you consider a $25,000 gift this year and every year for the next four years, a total of 125000 so that we may X, Y, Z. That's all one very long sentence and then period. And then you're stopping. You're letting that person process. You're letting them digest. Just remember that they might have sticker shock. Hopefully, if you're doing your job right, you know, you're, you're asking for something that's really you know, big and meaningful and substantial. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is they say, what in the heck? Where did you come up with that number? Every and then you just laugh it off and say, oh my gosh, mea culpa. I don't know your capacity. <laughs> I just know this need is huge. You know, we've <laughs> got to get this done. What feels meaningful and to you? And worst case, hopefully That's they're flattered that you thought great. that they had that much assets. <laughs> exactly. Know, glass I'm half like, full. you think I'm loaded? Great. <laughs> <laughs> Must be my blue shirt. I love that you are giving everyone, I mean, verbatims of what to say, because I have to tell you, you know, even going through like at Madison Institute or something like a capital campaign class or something like that, I have seen even seasoned fundraisers say, I'm not sure what the words are. I'm not sure exactly how to transition them. And I think just giving those examples to someone can create some confidence of, okay, I mean, because what you just said was incredibly natural. And it seems like something you would say if you were just going to sit down with a friend to ask them to, you know, join you in something that's very important to you. So thank you for giving those examples to our community. 
Yeah. Thanks, Becky, for saying that. I remember distinctly a moment when I was training a new fundraiser a few years ago, and she was just so uncomfortable with it. And she just did not like the ask. It was so hard for her to get around. She liked the relationship building. She did not like the ask. And I said, okay, you have an assignment. Ask somebody to do something that they don't want to do. Drive you to the airport. You travel a lot. Ask somebody to drive you to the airport. And it's a pain. Like It's not something that somebody wants to do, but tell them why it's meaningful for you. And what would that feel like? And so that muscle memory, as you're talking about, Becky, of just like figure out how you make it authentic to yourself so that it comes out naturally and less like a script, but you're asking for something and you tell why, and then you just, you know, let the person respond. That's that go back. It goes back to control what you can control and the rest is, you know, up to the, the universe or the respondent. And probably the end result is not going to be nearly as bad as what you thought, because your yeah. friend is probably yeah. going to say, yeah, I'd be happy to drive you to the airport. That's no problem. We can visit and we'll grab coffee beforehand. I mean, I just think that there's such totally. natural ways that, that you can get right with that, get more comfortable with that. So that's a really good hack. So if we're at the that's choose right. your own adventure, okay, we've asked <laughs> the donor and the donor either said yes, no, or maybe, <laughs> how yeah. do you respond yes, to no, those no. different? options. You know, you kind of explained the no. I loved your That's response. A good question, John. What about if they say, I don't know, I need to think about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there are about, there are four Ooh, answers that four, anybody okay. can make. One, yes. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, sweet, I've got the pledge form right here. Let's sign. <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, shoot, I asked for too little. That was too easy. But sometimes, sometimes not. So that's number one is yes. And that's why you have your pledge form. You just make it done and you don't get delayed. And, oh, I forgot to send it. Or I'll email it next week. No. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Just slide it. That's the major, major downfall. Then everybody's, you know, uh, yeah, we don't need to go there. Don't do, yeah, that. don't do that. Bring your pledge form or send your link, whatever it is. Number two is not right now but yes, later. Okay. So then you want to document that too. And you say, okay, so when, and should we, you know, can I follow up with you in another month or shall I follow up with you in a year? Or should we actually track that you're planning on activating a gift in January as opposed to today? And so it's responding in that way. And then the three is not that much. So it's still like another yes, but it's not what you've asked for. So it's what I've just explained. It's more of that, like, how, why do you think I have that much? Or like, I can't do that, but I, you know, then I can do this. Or even if they're just like, I just can't do that much. Then you say, that's okay. You know, I don't know what you can do and I don't want to, you know, change your life here. This is, it's not about taking all of somebody's capacity to live their fulfilled life. It's about moving the needle on this endeavor. So the point is that you want to say something like, that's okay, what is meaningful to you? What would be important to you? How could you move the needle? So it's putting it back in their hands, letting them know that every gift is welcome, even if it's a dollar. I mean, literally, I have, I had a solicitation the other day where we asked for, I think it was like, I don't know, something like $30,000. And she said she could do 300. And we said, look, that's wonderful. Every single dollar counts. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Perfect response. And that's the same response for every single donation. Every dollar does matter. Excellent. Such good advice. Okay. And then the last of the four answers is just absolutely no, I can't. And that's really, 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 really rare because by the time you've gotten to that ask, they should probably know that that's what's coming since from the beginning, you're teeing it up. They're like, I want to talk to you about this project and here's what it's going to cost. And I want to talk to you about your support. So if they say no, then it's really important that you say, you know, could you, would you be willing to give me some feedback? You know, is there a reason why this isn't going to work for you right now? That's when you can do some self-reflection. Like, is the budget different than what you had hoped for? 
Was there an awkward moment between you and me? Would you like to talk with somebody else, whether it's the program manager or the executive director, whatever it is, whoever your status is? I mean, it doesn't matter your, your hierarchy, but just is there another person that would be a better fit for this conversation? So usually they'll say, they'll give you some feedback or you might say, you know, maybe you could give it give it some time to reflect. So those are the answers. If somebody doesn't say yes right off the bat, you say, I'm not looking for an answer today. How about same time next week? That's the fifth rule of this training is figuring out how to close the meeting and making sure that you are always having a tie around it. So you're either, it's a CTA call to action. You're either setting up another meeting then and there to confirm the gift, or you're sending that pledge form or whatever it is, you're, you're making the next step happen and close specifically rather than just saying thank you. It's just making sure you have that final next step confirmed. That's how you raise millions and millions of dollars. Mic Easy, drop. right? I feel like so there, there needs to be a button you push over there <laughs> for a the piece clap? of music. No, no. <laughs> Oh, oh, you the put the laugh track. track. This is always a fail. <laughs> you can laugh at me too. I, I, that was really <laughs> so fantastic. I mean, so I, good, I just Lindsay. think that there are people out there that have been wondering about this and not sure how to go about it. Yes, thank you for yeah. even just saying that out loud. I know I there was a, definitely a time in my career I didn't want to ask this question. You know, I felt too embarrassed to ask this question or I felt like I thought I should know it. And these things are not so intrinsically known. I mean, there is, I mean, this is why there's as much of science to this as there is in art. And so leaning into both of those is so helpful, but I think just getting these cliff notes from you is so helpful. Thank you, Lindsay. And I also just think by virtue of your broad experience with with your own firm and again with CCS, you have got to have some incredible stories that you have seen play out mm-hmm. in philanthropy. Do you have a story you could share with us about a moment that really touched you in your life? Yeah, I do. I, I think there's so many moments, but I love that question. And there's one that sort of always is in my heart. And it's when somebody made their first six-figure gift. So he was an older gentleman and he said, I've always loved this organization. I won't name the name, but I've always loved them and I've always given to them, but I've never been asked to give this much but I truly think this is where my money should go. And I'm really excited about it. And you could just tell that this was like one of those gifts. I think all philanthropy should be like this. And a lot of it is, but it was a moment that was palpably emotional where he felt like this is truly my, my offering, my gesture, my sacrifice, my service for the future. And it was a really beautiful moment. And it was topped by him saying, And I love to inspire other people too. So if you want to use my name or if you want to do a match, I've heard about those strategies. You can do with it whatever you want, but I'm really excited about this. So it was just that moment where I was like, wow, you know, almost like tear worthy, right? Because this is a true, true gift of meaning and joy. Just true philanthropy. It's such a invitation that we get to be part of those conversations and those legacies for the donors. I love that. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. So you're all about cultivating community. That's part of your podcast, right? We asked this one last thing, and then I want to dive into the podcast when we wrap up. But what's one good thing that everybody could implement today? It's either a challenge or a success hack. What's something you could offer up to our community? So one good thing that everybody could implement today is, you know, I think it really is starting with that mindfulness of gratitude. So If you are starting a conversation, if you're starting an email outreach, if you are, you know, just waking up in the morning, I would recommend you start with 
what's something you're grateful for. I do a gratitude journal where it's like three things before I go to bed that I'm grateful for from the day. But I also, I want to shift that thinking to like, how do you start anything? What are you grateful for in the opportunity to write that email or to have that conversation or to get out of bed? And that mentality, I believe, is one that will improve our world, not only like in that very moment for you, but over time, I think kindness and and gratitude are just the only solve right now during all this chaos and turmoil, and it will have a long lasting impact just in the moment and for long term. Believe, I mean, we're right on that same track. Oh, this is absolutely. the conversations we have of of the power of community and gratitude and mm-hmm. kindness, and those are the things that we really believe can shape movements that are going to impact you know, so many people. So I love that you are just plowing into this space with your creating community for good podcast. I wonder if you would take a minute and just kind of share about what you're building there and the community you have and what you just really are trying to create. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me to do that, John. I feel like you guys are great interviewers. So I'm going to take some notes. I have been taking notes. I've been watching you. And um, I like how you navigate these conversations. I'm also navigating conversations that are meaningful and rich to me and hopefully to one or two other listeners out there. And it's on my podcast called Creating Community for Good. And the the essence here is that I have conversations with fundraisers, with donors, with program officers, with business owners, even some of them. I had a great conversation with a man named Brad Black, who's the founder of EO Soaps, uh, co-founder. And he said, you know, I'm just not even into philanthropy. I'm into doing good business. I do good by doing good business. And I, I thought, that's pretty cool, too. So um, my, my podcast is just like all about that. It's about sharing lessons learned. It's about some meeting. Some conversations are like this, where it's like, let's get into the tactics and strategies and tools so you can actually learn something, write it down like a training would. And then others are really just philosophical. Like, let's talk about ideas. Let's talk about how you live. Let's talk about what keeps you up at night. Let's talk about what gives you hope. But all with the spirit of shedding light on wonderful people and ideas, provoking conversation, and hopefully impacting some change over time. I just want to thank you for doing that because we talk so often just in our tiny little company here that we don't even look at what we're doing as having any competitors in the field because if we're all bringing something to the table, then everybody can pull from that, you know, and we're truly creating a space where goodness is is the baseline of what we want to do because we're all here for good. So I think what you're doing with your podcast is just continuing to lift up these important missions, these important people. And I just, I thank you for doing that. And I, and I also just love your beginning the day with gratitude because if, if, if you are doing that people at home, people of the universe of the interwebs, if you are waking up every morning with a feeling of gratitude then this job never becomes rote. It never becomes just a job. And so when a man stands in front of you and says, I'm about to make the biggest, I'm about to make a $100,000 donation to you, you can sit in a space of knowing what a huge moment that is for him, that he has worked his entire life to be able to give you that gift. And it is huge. And what a gift for us to be able to transact that for good into the world. So start with gratefulness we understand that there are some things that go on in nonprofit. It's a business and it's hard, but keep the mission at the top of mind. Keep the people and yeah. your staff and your team looped together. I mean, 
we're, we're just going to make more harmony, more humanity in all that we do. I'm just here for it. Yeah, we're here I've for it. I've polyanned the end of this podcast. <laughs> I love it. So, I love that. Lindsay, we want to connect everybody with you and all your wisdom and goodness. Where can people find you online and connect with your consulting firm and podcast? Yeah, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much. I share yeah. your sentiments, Becky. It's we're all, you know, the more people we have doing the same thing where we're trying to be game changers and trying to help and trying to be more mindful, like that's that's awesome. And we need troops like that's that. So, so um, yes. thank you for having me on here sure. and thank you for giving me a chance to also talk about my podcast. I can't wait to have you all on there shortly. You. you can find me. I think the best is LinkedIn. I like that platform. So it's Lindsay Simons at LinkedIn. So, or on the platform, it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. And then Simons is S-I-M-O-N-D-S. So just one M and an A instead of an E for my name. Also, I've got a website and it is lindsaysimonsconsulting.com. And you can find all of my podcast episodes there. My podcast is called Creating Community for Good. And it's syndicated wherever you might listen to podcasts. I have video segments on YouTube and on Instagram and LinkedIn. But then the actual full recording of the audio is anywhere you might listen, like Apple, iTunes. And then, yeah, if you want to reach out to me, just send me a note at lindsay at lindsaysimonsconsulting.com or find me on any of those other platforms. I, I check it all. I love it. I love that you lifted LinkedIn too, because I kind of feel like it was not as engaging. But as of recently, I feel like it's just getting more and more so. And there's so much good content there. Mm, and it's not so. as overwhelming as trying to find it on Instagram. And it <laughs> so, sticks around. Yeah, it does stick around. It has some so we're digging power. on LinkedIn too. So if you're not on LinkedIn a lot, you should go check it out and grow. I mean, you're going to grow by being on there. Come so connect with Lindsay. Check it out and find yeah. Lindsay. <laughs> You'll probably get some good nuggets there. Thank yeah, you, Lindsay, absolutely. for spending so much time with us. We really it's enjoyed awesome. it. This was a treat for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time and the invitation. And this was a fun chat. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Creating Community for Good podcast. If you like what you heard, let me know. Send me a message on LinkedIn or write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're curious about a topic or you'd like to be a guest, let's connect. Go to www.creatingcommunityforgood.com. In there, you will see all of the podcast episodes with beautifully written show notes and hyperlinks to everything that we've discussed. Thank you and shine on. With this latest valuable episode, we'd love to thank you for joining us on the Creating Community for Good podcast. If you found today's show valuable, simply visit our website, creatingcommunityforgood.com to leave a review as well as to get access to additional resources and relevant links from this show. Stay tuned for more episodes.